we want to keep on uh, retrieving our God-given freedoms and helping the vulnerable um, do that as well. Because when it's uh, time for us to be in the next uh, iteration, we want to feel that we've done our best. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days, or at least it feels like it. Uh, all is well. We are going to get through all of this. I changed my hair a little today, so I don't know, weigh in on that or don't, depending on what your comments are. Okay. Um, so kind of blessed because the incredible Lance Wall now was mentioning our, our event that is coming and that is going to be held in Whitby, Ontario at the Canada Events Centre. And it's called the Era of Champions. And let me tell you, it is going to be amazing. We have got incredible doctors. We've got Arthur Pavlovsky. We have the mama bears that are going to be there. And, uh, oh, it looks like I've lost internet again on my machine. All right, fine. Um, so many technical problems. So I have my laptop. It should be really dependable, but you know, it's constantly just losing the internet. You know, it just, it says it's there. It's got, I got all the bars, but then it's not there. It just drives me insane every single day. But uh, Lance Wall now actually mentioning coming to Canada. He's excited because uh, Archer, you know, they're good friends. And Archer has uh, toured all through the States and he gets standing ovations everywhere he goes in Canada. You know, he gets stuff thrown at him here and there, <laughs> but he's not in jail. And so we're really happy about that. And I think he's even appealing. He's, a, he's appealing the judgment that said he's not going to jail, but because they still found him guilty, they found him guilty, but uh, are putting time served uh, so he didn't have to go back to jail, but that's not good enough for Archer because he doesn't feel he's guilty of anything. In Canada, this is a free country, and uh, Archer Pavlovsky is a fighter, and you know what? In a way, we all have to be. We all have got to, got to, got to fight for what is right, for what we believe in. We have to fight for our families the way that Nehemiah did in, in the great book. So I opened my dad's uh, Bible, as I do every single day. Before we get to our incredible guests, we have a couple of uh, wonderful um, guest today. Uh, Mahmoud is waiting in the green room here and we'll bring him in shortly. But uh, I love to, to read from my dad's Bible and I went sort of into Genesis and Mahmoud is joining us today. He is of the Muslim faith and I am of the Christian faith. And one of the things that Muslims and Christians share is the Pentateuch, really, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Uh, Joshua Judges, I guess we go on uh, to different things, but probably, um, actually, it's the Jews that share the Pentateuch, but the Muslims would be right up to Abraham, right? Then I think uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, Mahmoud to, to clarify the position, but I think up to about Genesis 14, 15, we got to Abraham. He was going to be the father of great nations, and uh, he certainly has been, um, but uh, the brothers fight, and so until... Even until today, the brothers fight. So my my brother, uh, my uh, my father, loved to mark up his Bible. And when I go to just Genesis, like Genesis one, here right in the beginning, um, he has underlined and he's got some references that point to the New Testament. And it says, "And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good." And God divided the light from the darkness. Hence, we have the sun and the moon. 
and he created the firmament, other things that my dad has underlined. Let us make man in our image. Uh, so when God made man, he made man and woman. And he did not make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. And uh, so my pastor used to say that. So the, the thing is, uh, we're in a very strange world. Now, I love the freedom that Canada has. The freedom that Canada brings us is that if, um, because it's a free country, you get to live the way that you want. And that might be to completely reject biblical perspectives on sexuality. Or it might be a place where you operate by a standard that was created by the creator. And when God created man and woman, he made all the parts and they all fit together real nice. But in this day and age in Canada, if you say that uh, a woman, you know, has uh, the XY chromosomes, um, is it XY? I think that women are XY and men are XX. Pretty sure. Um, you know got to get my chromosomes right. I have a shirt being made for the event that's coming uh, that's got the, um, the chromosomes correctly on the shirt going to the right sex, okay? So in this day and age, when you're in Canada, uh, you're considered a transphobe or a hater or perhaps a bigot. I've even been uh, referred to as a terrorist in some publications. Because why? Because I openly and firmly abide by science, the science of God who created us. And I believe that men are men and women are women. And when you come to Canada, um, you should be able to have this freedom that we talk about, you know, in our Charter of Rights and Freedoms under the supremacy of God. Uh, the right to have your religious convictions is there. And yet in our nation, our uh, liberals, conservatives, NDP and the Greens all voted in Bill C-4. I don't know if you have Bill C-4 handy, but we should probably go over it again with Mahmoud. Uh, Bill C-4 basically hampers you. You could be uh, put into prison. You could be charged $200,000. If you are a psychiatrist or a social worker and you want to tell a young person or an old person, hey, you shouldn't cut off your parts and try to become something that you are not because it's not going to solve your problems of unhappiness. But rather you ask that person to love themselves the way that they were created and to stand firmly placed in science and common sense, quite frankly. Uh, you can be in grave danger in this country because of what the conservatives did. And you might remember that day. Are you able to play that in the side there, JT? Just kind of stick it in the side. I see you have a window that, and you know, we've all seen this because I've played it over and over and over. But in unanimous consent, our parliament has decided that uh, you don't get to tell your child uh, not to be transitioning. Now, when people in Canada, they actually go through the transition and then they find out that it didn't solve their problems and all of these people are showing up on YouTube detransitioners, and they're letting everybody know that it was a living, breathing nightmare. I mean, how are you ever going to have a good sex life if you take your sex organs and you chop them up and change them? And like, there's no, there's no reality to the sexual experience that you're going to have the way God intended it. Um, it's not going to be any good. And when people change their minds, there's no operation to get it back. No, right here, this conservative guy in unanimous consent bypassed all of the ways 
and means in which there might be some sort of uh, gate that you need to be careful of when you are implementing laws into our country. Bill C-4 became a law without going through the regular ways, right? And they all stand, and this guy says, is there anyone that, uh, you know, is... Because all they needed was one person in Parliament to say, listen, I think, hold up. We can't criminalize parents for not wanting their kids uh, to go down a path that could hurt them. This is the guy that... that what? Oh, he brought the Nazi in. Okay. <laughs> this guy, and he's no longer there, I guess, right? Is he the guy? Yeah, he, he, he quit. So, so here's what I have to say is that we now have a problem in Canada where our children are being indoctrin indoctrinated and propagandized. And let me tell you something. I have been a friend to the LGBTQ. I'll tell you why. Because I'll be there when you've gone through all of it and you find out that it was a huge mistake and transitioning was not the answer and it wasn't based in reality common sense, proper thinking, or even medical science. There's absolutely no science that says that this is the way to go. And, and if there was, Tavistock wouldn't be shut down. All the doctors in Tavistock that have quit. Why? Because the outcomes weren't what they thought. Apparently when you cut off a child's penis or you, you know, cut off a woman's breast and you think that, you know, that uh, you're, you're doing something wonderful for them, apparently not. It doesn't always pan out. And so the outcomes were not good. So Tavistock, the gender clinic, it had to shut down and revamp. We've had doctors, we've had videos time and time again on this show of people changing their uh, mind and doctors saying that they're no longer really supporting all of this. But our, our Canadian parliament is just a little bit behind the times, doesn't follow the science, doesn't follow, obviously doesn't pay close enough attention to my show except to maybe try to get me in trouble here and there. But um, what I have to say, I say without um, apology and unashamedly that I believe that my mind is firmly rooted in science and also my religious convictions that God made us male and female. I will not deter from that or detract from that because it is the truth. Here's what our schools are doing. They're putting in all of these books that are sexualizing kids. They have, they have things in there and pictures in there that you would not want to show your grandmother. You would be embarrassed. And this, you know, some people across our nation are going to school board meetings and reading out these books. And guess what? The school board is telling them basically to shut her down because it's too inappropriate for the adults at the school board meeting. But we seem to find these same people that think it's not appropriate to be reading that out loud at a school board meeting are not removing the books from the children's schooling. And so we have a very big problem. We have a transgender agenda. We have propaganda that is going far and wide. It's in all of our public schools. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If your children are in school, you should probably just take them out. You really do need to. That's what I would do. I would get them into a school that does not teach that stuff, or I would teach them at home myself. Lots of moms doing it. There's tons of available uh, curriculum and, and help for anyone who wants to homeschool. But it's not always possible for everybody, but you can find that solution. We have to protect the children. One of the key people that is, um, is now standing 
for the defense of the children is my good friend Mahmoud, and he is from Calgary, and I just want to welcome him on. And uh, Mahmoud, thank you for waiting in the background there, and also thank you for fighting for our children here in Canada. I know there's a lot going on, and we want to clarify some things. Uh, because um, some, uh, I've already got emails today saying I just heard that uh, you know that the there's going to be a march October 21st that it's being canceled. But apparently, yourself and a bunch of people in Canada are saying no, we're proceeding because there's a lot going on in our world apparently right now, and I'm sure you know something about that. And um, so some people feel, well, maybe it's a little bit too stressful to actually have a march. But Mahmoud, tell me your perspective and tell me about Calgary, what's going to be happening. First of all, I really want to thank you, Laura, for having me. And I want to really thank you, thank you so much, because the mainstream media failing us, Canadian failing us, uh, Canadian citizens across the nation, and you and people like you who is delivering the proper voice for the people to know there's issue taking place in our country are the one to be uh, thanks and uh, because you guys give us a platform to deliver our voice and to tell uh, the Canadian communities across the country what's going on. Uh, in regard of what's going on here and uh, was October 21st March, I'm one of the organizer uh, of the 1 million March that took place in September 20. We agreed to go for October 21st to protest, to protect our kids, our future generation against the kids indoctrination in schools. And uh, you know what? We don't need to look too far. Look what's going on in the Middle East. Look what happened in the Middle East. This is the result of the kids indoctrination. Those people who's killing themselves at this age, from my Palestinian brothers and sisters to the Jewish brothers and sisters who's killing themselves at a certain age, they were young kids, and someone was planting their hate, their mind was hate, to hate each other, to kill each other, and look where that led to. And Canada will face the same consequences if the Canadian don't hold their ground, stand in still and protect the freedom we once have in this country because there's a dark devil coming and they're trying to divide our communities, our Canadian societies into small groups and stuff. And some days they use minority against majority, some days liberal against conservative, Eastern against Western. The last divisions they are using nowadays, dividing the family itself, the division between the mother and her son, the mother and her daughter, the father and his son, the father and his daughter. And this is the worst division they are creating. And we're not against any LGBT by all means, like you said, but we are against this ideology being pushed into our kids' throat, into the schools, and what taking place in our school. Uh, as a Calgarian organizer or in Alberta, we refuse to cancel the event because we do believe Yes, there's two battles that take place to protect and preserve the freedom uh, of those who's living across all over the universe, and we worry about them, to protect them, uh, the people, the innocent kids who's dying uh, all over the universe, especially in Palestine and from the Jewish community or the Muslim community, Christian community. It's so priority, so important. But what's more important for us is how to protect our kids in Canada. I'll tell you one thing, and my sounds harsh, but it's real. If a kid get killed by a bullet, you'll bury him. We know where it is great. But when you poison a kid's mind, you're going to kill his family for the next 20 years. 
and that kid will never live healthy and we will never fight where this grave is because that kid's gonna leave his family the whole society is gonna be destroyed we are here to protect our kids from a devil that bigger and stronger than someone throwing bullets at someone innocent and killing him because they're poisoning our kids' mind and that's why we will be proceeding with the uh, protest and rally in October 21st uh, Calgary like same NBC, Abbotsford, Montreal, and many other Canadian, uh, they show support. We're still going. For some reason, the organizer in Ottawa, the main organizer, Brother Kamal Sheikh, because he's the one who came with the idea in the first place, will give him a credit for that. But doesn't mean if you call a name for a protest, that means you own the nation, that they cannot do a protest because you decide to cancel. He decided to step back, but us Canadian, who especially who cares about their kids, we will be proceeding to protect our children, your children and his children, because we do believe the dictatorship regime, the crime minister we have in this country is not laying back. He's double gearing down to push this agenda into our kids' life. He called us hater in one day, took him 40 days to call the truckers a fringe minority. For one day, he called the parents who stood up for their kids haters. So we need to deliver the message, a stronger message this time, I believe. Wow, wow. And and I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving a word out to Camille Al-Sheikh. Uh, he has, uh, you know, uh, brought the idea of a one million march, and we appreciate that. It it does seem, and, you know, in fair, fairness to world events, uh, there has been, you know, a global uh, problem that has sort of erupted because we're all watching what's going on in Israel and Gaza, and we're concerned about the moms, the dads, the children on every side. It's the innocent victims. We stand with them. We do not want this uh, type of war. But you, um, Mumad, you know that there is a war in Canada, and that is for the minds of our children, as you've already articulated. And are the Muslim people, um, do you think that this is now fully awakened, that the public schools are teaching your little boy that he could be a girl and your little girl that they could be a boy? Is everyone awakening to what's going on? Uh the radical left, especially the mainstream media, they're trying to dress it up and cover it up. And to have the crime minister keep coming and saying that there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation, and it's not telling the, 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 the parents, they're not telling the truth about what's going on. They've just mis been misled by the far-right media in the United States. This is something absolutely uh, bizarre, and it's not true, it's not real. The war we are taking on as Muslims, I believe it's our first priority to protect our kids. And for those who doesn't believe me, just go visit Alberta uh, Sogi website. First picture they put in that website, a hijabi girl, a girl, young girl, with a hijabi has a rainbow flag on it. There's a lot of Muslims do not wear hijab. My daughter doesn't wear hijab. Why decide to put a girl with hijabi? Because it's a symbol of religion. They are against, not us Muslims, but I'm going to say it. We are the last one to stand. They, they arrest Josh Alexander, they arrested uh, Father uh, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, Derek Reimer and stuff, and they kept going, going, going. And you know what? During the past 10, 15 years, since 2005, the inch we gave, they take a mile. And the mile we give, they're taking a huge section because of it. And like some people might say the curriculum had nothing to do it, and it has nothing in it. It's not the curriculum the issue. The ideology of that teacher, the personal reference of that human being, they call themselves teacher, and 
pushing their personal ideology into our kids' life. And yes, it is there. I know personally, in the first hand, a father who took his kid and went to Lebanon, because the teacher kept telling the 11 years boy uh, that he's too cute to be a boy, he's a girl in the boy's body. At the end, the 11 years old kid did believe it, and the father went with the flow. Luckily, in May, took his kids and went back to Lebanon. This is happening in Canada. GSA, when you tell the parents, do not tell your parents, that's something parents should know. When you tell the kids, do not say this to someone, the parents should know. And this is happening in our society, and with all respect, teacher doesn't. Jesus. Uh, teacher doesn't know better. If all teachers are great and smart, we, we, we wouldn't be able to have bad schools and good school. That's why we have good school and bad school, because we do have good teachers and bad teachers. Building don't teach, people teach. And this is what we need to stick to. And we need to fight for our kids in every possible legal way. The crime minister of this country, he doesn't spare a second. He took a stand against the parent people when the parents right when he called them hater in september 20 jack meet saying what kind of politician you stand with one side against the other side if you call yourself a canadian leader he proved to us that he's not equipped and fully aware of what the leadership is and how to protect the canadian society at least build the bridges bring us the straight people, the concerned parent, and bring those LGBT, and let's build the bridges. But I'll be honest with you, Laura, they are feeding the division because they are like hyenas. They like to feed in flesh and blood. And the biggest example, those people who's killing themselves in Palestine between the Jewish and the Muslim, at certain times, they were innocent kids. At early times, they were young men and women, know nothing. But that indoctrination through school, through system, from the Israeli side or Palestinian side, plant into their head. If you kill that person, you're going to get reward. If you kill that person, you're going to get reward. And look at the result. And this is what happened in our country. If us parents don't take a stand now to protect this country, I believe a smaller Middle East will be taking place in this country we call Canada. Well, thank you for saying that because that's on our hearts. We're seeing this rise of... The, the division that is in the Middle East now coming to our streets as well. And we don't want this. We stand together. Mahmoud, this is your heart as well. For the protection of all innocent people. And we want the children protected for 100%. And uh, this is a very, very dangerous time. I I feel to see it on our streets is, is um, it's disconcerting. And we're going to have to fight extra hard to remain as, as devoted to the truth, to connection, to love, and to building bridges as we can at this hour. Absolutely. You know what? If I might go off topic, and I want to tell you one thing, especially okay. for my Muslim brother and sister. I'm not sure if you have a lot of them following you. I do Personally, have a few. So I could tell you one thing. You came from whatever country you came from. You came to this country for a reason because you didn't have a stable life secure life and you weren't happy there we call this country heaven the police on the street or the canadian people aren't the one 
who created the conflict in the Middle East. For each and every one of us, if I'm from Saudi Arabia or Syria, Lebanon, what did our regime do to help the Palestinians? Literally, we didn't do nothing. Before you go and release your anger at one neighbor because you think he's a pro-Israeli, go explain to him what happened. Build it, building bridges and line of communication, this is the main key to clean the vibe, take the fog off so we can see a clear picture, because they might not know. I have friends who are Jewish, I have friends who are Christian, and I'll tell you one thing, I call Canada home, my kids are gonna live and grow up in this country because it's safe and secure, and I call it heaven on earth, because God bless us with everything we have. So far, I'm so happy to be Canadian, except for the past two, three years, because I see the dictatorship regime, what's going, what's going on here, what's taken, I've been charged with hate crime, motivated by hate, based on a joke, whatever it is, something on social media, this is not the Canada I once know. And then I'll be honest with you, for my Muslim brothers and sister, try to be civil, that Christian or Jewish guy, he might be a doctor, you're gonna go to his clinic tomorrow, if you're sick, he's gonna help you. And vice versa, if you're a Muslim doctor, when a patient comes between your hand to help him, you're not gonna ask him what your religion is. I know it's a huge, I know it's so important to stand with our Palestinian brothers and sisters and with our innocent Jewish brothers and sisters, same as a Christian. I don't wanna go into political party, but there is a bloodshed that taking place. And, but for us, we shouldn't bring that division and that, uh, conflict into our life here in Canada because we are far 13,000 kilometers. We have a war where it's taken place here in our societies, in our country. It started from our school, started from our homes, in our homes, and we need to defeat that devil who's feeding it. We need to defeat those evil who's going into our kids' life and telling that kid, do not tell your mom, do not tell your dad. And this is way more important. And I do believe our people, our victims, who's lost their life in Palestine or Israel or whatever you call that place or worldwide, they'll be, if they are in our position, they will be doing the same thing what we're doing to protect our kids. Because I believe protecting our kids, it should be the highest priority before anything else. We are a country that far from Palestine, 13,000 kilometers. We need to protect our kids here, and we must take a stand against what happened in our kids' school to preserve and protect their future. I just, I couldn't even uh, say that any better. I thank you, uh, Mahmoud, for, for being a voice uh, for that. And I pray that your uh, march on, on this Saturday, is it this Saturday coming up? This is Saturday, that, yes. Yeah, this Saturday. Um, I pray it's very successful. Everyone in the Alberta area, please join Mahmoud, join the other teams. I believe that uh, my dear, wonderful assistant Dominique is going to be there as well. Um, and we just stand together. We link arms for the kids and we pray that God will help us. And as a strong Christian woman and you as a Muslim man, we ask that the God of Abraham would intervene in this country because the founders of this country believed in the God of Abraham. And if we could just get back to some of these founding principles that govern life, the way that the creator made us, um, I, I believe that uh, that is very important that we fight for it. All the Christians together, the Muslims, the Sikhs, and the Jews, I pray that in this country, we stand in the war against what's happening to the kids. And so thank you for being able to kind of leave that. Uh, I'm sure that it's personal to you in many ways, but for leaving what's going on over there. 
in the Middle East, leaving that and continuing this fight and this war that rages in Canada. I appreciate that, Mahmoud. I'll give you the final word before I let you go. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. I just want to share a quick thought with you and tell you uh, I'm so thankful for us being here in Canada, building a bridge is important. I want to tell something to everyone who could listen to me, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, atheist, doesn't matter. God does not make a mistake. When God created you, he created you at the best shape and form you could fit in. There's no modification needed just to trust God and follow God. And if you're atheist, man, nature doesn't make a mistake. Believe in what you want to believe. There's no reason for modification. And if you decide to do it when you're mature enough, you're adult enough, by all means, have what you want, do what you want, but just leave those innocent kids alone because one day the regret won't help. There's no reversible action could be taken place to correct what they have done based on your advice. And the guilt and the regret you're going to have is going to be too big. And don't forget, some of those kids will be killing themselves as a suicider just because of the promotion you are doing. And God bless each and every one of you. God bless you. M Mahmoud, I almost, I just have one question for you. Has anyone tried to stop you from this journey and this fight that you're on? Have you had to face, because I know that Pastor Archer Pavlovsky uh, had had some people that tried to stop him. You know, have they said, hey, you know, um, stop, stop this fight and maybe, you know, we can help you without saying who it is or anything like that. Have you faced that kind of temptation or challenge in this journey to protect the children? Yeah, I, I face that at many levels. First of all, as you know, I've been charged with a criminal hate, uh, criminal harassment motivated by hate, and I'm affiliated with white supremacists, technically. I'm not sure where that came from. I couldn't hear more <laughs> Me <now>. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And uh, a week ago, I had the chance to meet with one high staff uh, working for the Canadian government, the liberal government to be exact, and he's a Muslim brother, and he's trying to tell me what Trudeau did to us brought 50,000 Syrian, 50,000 Afghani, and he stopped the hijab ban that they tried to promote and stuff, trying to convince me to kind of lay back a little bit, stop this battle when it didn't work. And typical, technical liberal, liberal, I could call it typical liberal, he shifted from being uh, like convincing to tell me, uh, you know, there's some agencies the government funded to support small businesses, small organization, and the fund could be up to a million dollars and literally this is a bribe i said then we talked said this is so how that's how you guys bribe people he said no this is a government project we do it for everybody and every government could do it but as soon as government go so technically you're not gonna get the million dollar after we had the long conversation and then we had a little bit heated conversation about what's going on and jump from being offering money trying to convince someone to do something to threaten the person. So you'll be yeah. receiving a lawsuit, trying to stick to your line and you're doing a mistake. You're harming Muslim, you're not this, you're not that. And they wanna call through to, he's the savior for us. And uh, this is the reason I was trying to call Camille and tell him they might be coming in his way. I'm not sure why he canceled the event, but this happened last week. And that's why I tried to call Camille for the past two, three days. We didn't have a chance to talk, to tell him this is happening to me and might happen to him. And I'll tell you one thing, the radical left, I'm not going to hide it. Liberal and NDP, they have separate agenda. Conservative, not up to the challenge, but they are the best option as we see now. Therefore, we have trying to do good, but the other people are taking our, are taking our country as a hostage 
for some high power out there because I don't believe in coincidence. Everything happened for a reason and someone playing us. I do believe in that. Wow. Mahmoud, thank you for standing. Thank you for being courageous enough not to take a bribe and to to protect the children. And, uh, you know, it reminds me uh, of that movie, you know, recently um, regarding, what was that called, JT, regarding the sex Sound trafficking? Sound of Freedom. Yes. Sound of yes. Freedom. Sound for Freedom. You know, my children are not for sale. And, um, God's children are yeah. Yes, yes. God's children are not for sale. And you stood, uh, Mahmoud. Thank you for not accepting any kind of bribe from anyone who might think that they could buy you uh, and take away the principles that we need operating for the children. I, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. So far, Thank no you. one's offered me a million dollars. So. Uh, uh, no one's offered me anything, uh, Mahmoud. They they kind of stay away from me, so I wouldn't take their money either. As I don't, I, I think they, know, they might they know, know that. They know the answers. That's why they didn't try to open the door. I guess. <laughs> yeah, know, I always wouldn't mind the that. temptation, but <laughs> I but, hope to pass the test, and I certainly will. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for this. I appreciate, it. and I'm glad that. Uh, that you can warn uh, Camille about what's happening. Please let him know that they, if they're going to try this on you, Mahmoud, they'll try it on others. And Absolutely. that's not good. That's not good. We don't want cowards in this nation. Uh, they tried it on Pastor Archer Pavlovsky. He came on this show and talked about that. So thank you very much, sir. God bless you. We'll see you very soon and stand strong. We appreciate you. Thank you and God bless you. God bless. All right. Wow. I like Mahmoud. And um, I've really enjoyed uh, lately getting to know the real people that are here in Canada, why they came, what matters to them. It was incredible to be on the One Million March and to look in the eyes of uh, other people from different nations. There were Sikhs there. There was Jews there. There was Muslims there. And we as Christians, we all stood together for the protection of the children and um, what, a, what a season that, that we're in. And you can see how the devil's so mad that the whole Middle East is up in flames, you know, and um, it, it makes it hard what's going on here. Uh, we're going to just shift gears now. And I want to invite Joel and Margaret Sussman to the show. They are parents of a vaccine-injured son. Uh, researching the topic of vaccines led them to Vaccine Choice Canada in the early 2000s, and they were both elected to the Board of Vaccine Choice Canada in May uh, 2020 by its founder, uh, Ida West. I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh, Choice uh, Vaccine Choice Canada um, is, uh, is, is an amazing organization, actually, and we've spoken to others that uh, align themselves with them. And so I'd like Joel and Margaret Sussman to come onto the show and talk about the, the concerns that they have and what happened with your family as well, if you can give us sort of some background on that. Thank you for waiting today in the background a little bit longer than, than most have to. Welcome to the show. Well, we really appreciate this opportunity. So thank you very much. So, go ahead. so I think maybe a little bit about ourselves and where we came from to this moment on the journey would be good. Um, Margaret and I are, are loving, perseverant freedom lovers and endeavoring to retrieve our God-given freedoms for ourselves, our children and future generations. Um, and 
looking back, we realize that we've been staunch advocates for truth, peace, and justice for, for a lot of years. We, we used to being in the Toronto area, attend the Total Health Show, and we recall standing with and supporting lawyer Sean Buckley of the Natural Health Products Protection Association. Way back in 2008, the first time Health Canada tried to hijack in the natural health products. And the very same scenario is taking place today. Yeah, and um, and I guess I've always, even from the time of being a little girl, loved doing volunteer work, um, being with seniors, um, learning so much from them. It was a win-win situation. Um, so uh, we've um, done a lot of um, fight against uh, GMOs. We used to uh, go to many, many rallies, make speeches um, about that. Um, be with others who are doing that, promoting people to stand for uh, what's really important. Yeah, and, and back in 2018, we brought um, renowned MIT research scientist, Dr. Stephanie Seneff to Toronto to uh, deliver a public lecture on the de deleterious effects of glyphosate. That's a toxic ingredient in Mon uh, Monsanto's weed killer called Roundup. She did a, uh, an amazing uh, public lecture and then afterwards, she also did a private uh, lecture on the subject of vaccines to Vaccine Choice Canada members, and it was quite the memorable day. And we also found out that glyphosate is in vaccines as well. So it, uh, it goes far and wide in, um, in hurting people. Yeah, and I guess just to bring us towards today, as, as we continue learning more about vaccinations, we found ourselves speaking on the topic at at rallies, um, Queen's Park, Dundas Square, uh, Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto, um, Peterborough, Coburg, Belleville, Ottawa, just wherever we were called, we were there and we have a display table with lots of materials uh, on, on vaccinations, of course, and, and some scientific peer-reviewed uh, information. Um, and um, we actually remember um, standing beside you in, uh, in Ottawa on Valentine's Day of 21 in the freezing cold and the snow, uh, waiting to address the crowd on that Freedom Rally Day. That was very special for us. Something Thank else you. We just it, it was good to stand together. And I just appreciate that you are uh, both people that are doers in our nation with so many people kind of sitting out, right? And not, uh, you know, doing the, um, the hard thing, getting out there. You guys have been people that have really stood with your convictions and some of your concerns and your information and you've gotten out there and done something and i i absolutely love you you're heroes in the land oh thank you well we stand on the shoulders and with uh, many other people and that's one thing I, I wanted to mention is we we've met so many beautiful people who are standing for their for their convictions for their children for our, our god-given rights and um uh yeah to we realize that, as Klaus Schwab has said, you know, there are many of these poly crises that they've made up and that are thrown at us, and they're all connected. So really, that's how we got into, you know, whether it's glyphosate or 15-minute cities or CBDCs, um, you know, our, our food that's uh, so, so damaged and has so many uh, bad elements in it, whether it's glyphosate or the appeal and and so on so uh, you can't in in a way just uh, go after one of these topics because people ask us well what are you doing um, with this or with that because they're all so connected and then we saw how uh, 15 minute cities 
um, is uh, such a big aspect of this. And a lot of people have no idea that this is happening to, uh, to us because um, it's all very secretive. Yeah, and even back at the end of 2019, when when the words COVID and Wuhan were first became part of the uh, the language of the world, even before then, we made a decision. Margaret and I are entering our um, uh, joyful second half century of, of of marriage here, and we decided as a team way back that we were not going to let fear rule the way we lived our lives, and. Uh, Back in 2019, we co-wrote a talk and I delivered it in, I think, five minutes at the Toronto Board of Health. And their topic that day was addressing vaccine hesitancy. And I think I asked them, are you aware, 27 times in three minutes? And I think they got quite a bit more than they bargained for, apparently. So the, um, I, I guess that sort of brings us around to deciding that we cannot sit on the sidelines, as Margaret mentioned a few moments ago, and watch all these different tentacles of evil and fear assaulting us, we cannot sit by and do nothing. Um, I'm inspired by a t-shirt a young mother wore at uh, Dundas Square a couple of years ago, I guess late 20 or early 21. And it was a simple message. And she was maybe 30-ish and her daughter was about seven or something. And the t-shirt read, I have to be able to tell my daughter I did everything I could. And we sort of borrowed that a little bit, I guess, moving forward. And that's why we decided that it was it was time to try to raise some awareness about 15 minutes, smart cities, and it's known by different labels in different places. And we've walked on the, stood on the shoulders of giants and found some amazing information uh, inspired by many people who have gone before us and sort of blazed a trail. We wove it into a tapestry, tried to hit the key points in the 300 seconds allotted. It's mm -hmm. a bit of a challenge, I can tell you. Uh, but apparently it struck a bit of a nerve, and, and I think that's why we're here today to maybe sort of go into that a little bit more. Yes, and I'd like to hear what you guys have learned because uh, I appreciate that you've got experience behind you. You've got some pain behind you. You've been through some hills and valleys. Uh, you went through a difficult uh, vaccine injury with your son, and you might have come to realize that basically uh, maybe those people that we put our trust in to are not the people we can actually trust, which seems to be all, you know, medical authorities these days and also our governments. So what are you finding out about these numerous different things that seem to be harmful to mankind? Well, um, first of all, I've, I've got to say, and I've been a teacher since the 1970s, but um, I, I realize as I learn more and more, I read here, prey on things as well, that most of what we were taught was not true. And um, even um, the children whom I've taught, I, I've noticed, um, uh, let's say, uh, children really uh, regressing, going downhill a great deal since uh, the beginning of when I taught uh, to um, sort of more towards the end, when I did a lot of supply teaching often called into autistic classes and special ed classes because I have a special love uh, for those children. They, they're all children of God and what family doesn't want to have normal, whatever that is, um, normal children and uh, just to love them and to help guide them in the best possible way. So um, I've learned that um, through uh, 
you know, the, a whole plethora of toxins, not just what's in vaccines, but they can uh, cross the blood brain barrier uh, components of vaccines. But, you know, from so many um, areas like, like the uh, what's coming from the sky, the geoengineering, um, uh, from what's in our food, from what's in our water, um, and so on, you, you could see children suffering with many mental and physical illnesses like mental are really physical that's what they stem from um and you know the horrible stuff on on tv and not having parents around uh, to guide them and love them and so on well you can see it it feels like our our world is really going downhill a, a great deal um from from people not uh, doing their jobs if you want to have kids they they need love and guidance um, and also what we have to fight for all these horrible, you know, products and, and there we go exactly and, and the elements. And so it's been such a journey of learning and discovering, you know, as we read, uh, talk to people, uh, watch uh, videos from um, uh, really, really good people who've done their research um, is that we're always learning and always praying to be uh, guided in the right direction. And as Joel says, we want to keep on uh, retrieving our God-given freedoms and helping the vulnerable um, do that as well. Because when it's uh, time for us to be in the next uh, iteration, we want to feel that we've done our best. Well, I appreciate you doing that. A lot of people beginning to wake up to the fact that this whole, you know, the climate agenda, and as you've talked about the 15-minute cities, um, people are concerned about that. I've had uh, people writing more and more emails to me concerned about what this means to be a 15-minute city because I think they present it in sort of a, a good way. You know, everything's within a close amount of time. But how do you guys see that? What have you learned about that issue? Well, you know, you're right. They make it sound like, in fact, they call it 15-minute neighborhoods. And it's it's so wonderful. You can you know, anything you need, whether it's it's groceries or going to the park or going um, for any kind of doctor, naturopath, of course, they won't say any natural things, um, but you can get from within 15 minutes. Well, it's nice to have the option, but not to be forced um, in, into this, um, because can you imagine uh, shopping with even two bags? How can you bike home, you know, with, with that? Um, or what if somebody um, has, uh, close relatives or people they want to visit or people support they want to support outside of the 15 minutes um, you know you, you don't want to have to pay extra um, or or whatever for going beyond but in our area we already see what what they call the thinning of streets where uh, the streets are becoming narrower there are bigger bike lanes there are all these you know calming what they call calming bumps well joel and i don't feel the least bit calm when we go over those crazy those crazy bumps yeah and we we did a lot of research and we remember that uh, in May at the worldwide rally um, on CBC Front Street in Toronto, a local activist spoke before us and said a few interesting things. And what we remember, um, Laura Lynn, is that he pointed down the street to an empty vacant lot and he said, they're just starting to build a massive condo project two blocks down the street, pointing it out visually. And he said, 28 months from now, it'll be complete. It will house 600 condominium units, 600 
families of whatever definition. Those 600 condos have 300 parking spaces allotted to them. The first two floors of the building will be shared by 40 different businesses from major to medium to small supermarkets and you know medical practices and the like. Zero parking all allocated for them. So 40 businesses with zero allocated parking, 600 condo units with one parking spot for every second unit. And he said, this is what municipal planning is doing. Wake up people. They are, <laughs> they are fencing you in. Uh, to paraphrase Willie Nelson's song from long ago, Don't Fence Me In. That's exactly what they're doing. And most people are kind of, oh, well, you know, NIMBY, not in my backyard. And until it directly affects me and comes and actually bites me, yeah, then maybe I'll have a look at it. We're trying to get people to know that, well, it's going to be too late by that time. So we actually um, came across a particular website and a particular individual. I want to take a second to mention we would be remiss otherwise. Mm -hmm. The website, for anyone taking notes, is the word gather, as in we gather together. So it's gather2030.substack.com. That's gather 2030 dot substack dot com and this is the brainchild of Maggie Braun okay. yeah. uh -uh. so she has created a blueprint and a template to help the average citizen understand what's happening at the municipal government level in towns <coughs> and, and, and mayors and councillors towns and cities and, and actually a blueprint of effective strategies so that website free substack to sign up that website is full of amazing links like what is ICLEI, which was used in the talk we gave. Well, ICLEI is the International Council of Local and Environmental Issues and the Chief Administrative Officer of a city or town is appointed, not elected, to carry out, as we said in the talk we gave, a global agenda rather than a local one. And the mayor and councillors, we found out in many cases, we haven't done an individual city by city, but in many cases, apparently, their oath is not to the town or the people they're designated to represent. Mm -hmm. It's to the corporation of a particular count. There we go. Thank you very much. Gather 2030 Blueprint. And there are many, many fabulous links on this website. And, and this is, it was from this that we put together our talk that, yeah, that there is so much research that Maggie has done. We watched her speak several times. We watched other people speak several times. Um, so this is how we tried to put our talk together by learning, watching, synthesizing all of it together. And um, of course, this all ties in with the climate crisis, which really is climate fraud, you know, that they want people to uh, live in small areas, 15 minutes, and they say even 10 if they can do that, so that they don't have to uh, pollute our, our um, you know, the atmosphere, the climate, um, with well, the exhaust of cars. And, and I mean, we have read so many scientists where it's a complete fraud. But of course, just like with uh, vaccines and, and other uh, extremely important issues. You don't hear public debates. You don't hear both sides of an issue where people can talk about um, the, the major parts they want to say and have a respectful 
debate so that those listening can try to make up their mind. Well, what really is this about? What's going on here? Yes, and we got very wise advice from our friend John here in York Region, where we are north of Toronto, Lower Lynn, and he has presented to a council in East Willembury, just north of Newmarket in our area, about five or six times so far this calendar year. And back in the June or July, one of the sessions he was in, a back and forth between him and some councillors, well, the councillor said, well, John, you know, this issue of the strategic plan, which has all these elements into it, we put this on our website for, for four weeks in July, and we invited public feedback. And we're, they were almost proud of the fact that in a community of 65,000 residents, they had 27 survey respondents. And he actually politely, respectfully teed off on them because what he did to prove the point that this was woefully inadequate consultation of public is he went door to door and he went the entire day, 12 to 14 hours, and he knocked on countless doors and received 109 door to door face to face encounters. And it was 109 out of 109, not a single resident had heard anything about this topic by any name, way, shape, or form. Wow. Which indicates that the patient process was completely fraudulent. And it's probably that in Aurora too. I, I mean, now maybe that some people have heard us, maybe it's a bit different, but I, I'm willing to bet there's still, you know, most of the residents here don't know because it's not put out to them. They don't really want consultation. And it's the same, same thing in most towns and cities because it's much easier to mow over all of us and then you know just have their agenda going forward my goodness it, it's crazy uh to think that people really um are presenting ideas and it's all towards an agenda i see here if you can still see this share uh first of all you see here that it looks like uh trudeau is talking to a couple of gentlemen Looks like I know that, man. I'm not certain, but, oh, here, okay, you just got it on. Sorry about that, JT. Um, but, you know, we've, we've, okay, we had Agenda 2021, right? Then we've had Agenda 2030, but, you know, the, the township of Duro Dummer reached yeah. out with concerns over the official plan of 2050. You know, uh, they're just making plans decades into the future, uh, for how, you know, these things, and it's talking about restricting farmers' rights to sell portions of their land um, and was almost exclusively drafted by the out-of-town city clerk alongside the UN-funded consultant groups that represent global interests and not those of the local residents. You will own nothing and be happy seems to be getting closer and closer uh, when we are hearing some of the rumors of, 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 you know, how they want to view private property and such. Absolutely. And, um, well, the you will own nothing and they will be happy, happier, although I don't know how many yachts you really need um, and how many homes you really need uh, to to make you happier, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah. So Laura Lynn, one of the things that we did in our research at the Gather 2030 website was foundational. But one of the other things we came across that everyone can access very quickly and easily is from our friends at Action for Canada. And most people on the call might know that that website is action followed by the digit four and the word Canada, actiondigit4canada.com. And if you click the magnifying glass, you can shortcut to smart 
Cities leaflet. Little guy. Looks just like this. Smart Cities leaflet in the search bar on actionforcanada.com. And that will give you a few sentences which says, don't be fooled by the marketing propaganda. They're telling you how beautiful and easy and convenient and just wonderful everything will be. And then there's a list of bullet points which spell out the reality. And for those of you who have heard the speech or read the text that we did in September 19th to Aurora Council, you will see that literally some of the points, they were so good that some of them were actually used verbatim. Because one of the things that's happened in the wake of this call, and we're, we're very humbled and startled by it all, but <laughs> apparently it struck a nerve and is racking up some crazy numbers with too many zeros on social media. And we're trying to tell people that we're just average people who did some research, watched some videos, consulted some good people, and you can do exactly what we did. And it's sort of like the parable, Laura Lynn, that you probably know so well about if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for today. And if you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. So we're teaching people as best we can, fielding many emails, sending many replies. Here's what we did. You can do it too. If you need help and support, reach out. And we're doing the best we can to kind of teach the teachers to teach, as it were. Well, let me ask you, uh, Joel and Margaret, what is your plan in light of the fact that you see some things coming and obviously uh, you're in years when maybe you would like not to be fighting a war like this, but maybe, you know, taking more wonderful trips around the globe and uh, relaxing a little bit more. Uh, but what do you see um, as the answer and what should people be doing in light of what these agendas are that are looming over us? I'm, I'm really glad you asked that because actually at, at the very end of this talk, um, what we said is we tried to reach out to the councillors and th this is um, something that's so important by, by being uh, respectful in spite of how one might feel, um, that kind of offer of we want to work together. Well, you know, there, there were three councillors who um, we did meet with who's, who said they would like to have further information. And um, so we did meet with them. And what it clearly showed is that um, our mayor is um, probably suppressing a lot of information or else uh, really minimizing it as extremely important as it is. So we had one meeting and now we would like to have a further meeting and invite all of the councillors, in, including um, the mayor as well. Ho hopefully he'll come, although it's not a great feeling of, let's say, love. But we, we have to try to, you know, work this out. And um, what I want to say is um, something that um, Maggie Braun also emphasizes. She says the solution to globalism is localism. And that makes a lot of sense to us that we have to start in our own community, um, find out what's going on, try to reach out uh, to the mayor and councillor and uh, whatever um, gifts uh, people have or whatever strengths they have, each one of us um, must stand up and, um, and work at making the world a better place. Um, there are a lot of people nowadays who are showing themselves um, more a lot more courageously they see what's going on um and even though they might not know 
you know, as much as some, some of us know, but they feel there's something really wrong, even, you know, as your talk be, before us um, about what they're doing to our children, which is uh, so, so criminal and goes against anything um, that that's right um, in this world. So whatever strengths, um, whatever people feel that they can do, work with others. It gives you strength. It gives you direction. Um, the support uh, leads you in a good way and together um, you, you can work at things. And also try to be respectful because although we all feel really angry and upset at times um, with what's going on, you can go a lot farther with people um, if you, you aren't adversarial um, and they'll be more likely to want to hear you and, um, you know, hear what your concerns are and hopefully uh, to try to work at solutions. Because don't forget, these people are husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, you know, sons, daughters, they have children too. So hopefully they, they would care about you know, their family, their wider family, the community, whom they're supposed to be protecting and serving, um, right? And the future of God's beautiful world. Yeah, mm. it's, it's quite, because Laura Lynn, you had the, uh, your, your tech person gratefully had the graphic there of gather2030.substack.com up there and going through some images of Maggie Braun and everything. It is completely remarkable the number of links we found there a link to the original municipal primer that we spoke about back in September to Aurora Council. Well, if you're going to understand what the municipal primer is, you want to be able to read it, whether you print it out or just read it on the screen, up to you. But you want to be able to find the original document. It's one of close to 100 links on that website. So you can look at the printer, Queen's Press, Toronto, 94. My gosh, there it is. Let's find out what it said. Oh. It said exactly what we're telling the councillors and mayor that it meant. Yes, we have been betrayed, and it goes through it step by step by step. It is a process. It's not a website you want to pick up at 11 o'clock at night. You'll be there with one eye open for breakfast. You cannot put it down like a great novel. It is right. just bite-sized pieces, fabulous information. Can't recommend it enough. Okay, so we'll say that again. It's gather2030.substack.com. And uh, this is where, obviously, um, a lot of information, just unpacking exactly what is going on. So could I ask you, uh, you know, a lot of people, they're making decisions now to get out of cities, to move to the country. Some people are even leaving Canada because they don't feel safe. Uh, uh, there are many people making decisions that are being uh, made simply because of the kind of information that you're sharing today on programs like mine, where we're alerting the world that there is a different kind of, you know, there's something uh, afoot. So um, beyond getting involved, do you, do you go so far as to recommend to people, you know, any kind of, you know, personal moves or what they should be looking at? That's a kind of a, a difficult one, Laura Lynn, to, to be honest, because um, we don't pretend to be experts in anything, although we read a lot, we research a lot, we do care a lot um, about people. But um, I mean, it's like nowadays, if 
you, uh, people want to find you, the powers that be, um, you can you can be be found out where where it is you are. So it's really a personal decision. We we hear that from many people. People have left to go here, there, and you know everywhere. And we understand our hearts are with them. Um, right now, we're taking the tack of um, trying to fight here, or or let's say be freedom lovers, ret retrieve our God-given freedoms. I mean, my parents were Holocaust survivors, and and who came to Canada, and that's why I'm here, and I want to uh, tell them as I do, we're going to keep on fighting here for um, this beautiful country, Canada, although, um, you know, some at the top and, and others even farther at the top um, have made it less beautiful um, than, it, than it once was. Um, we want to you know, at least for now, um, continue fighting here. As we say, we, we pray a lot. We don't pretend to know the answers. But God bless people in their journeys wherever they're going because, um, or, or staying because times are so difficult and people just want to do the best for uh, their families, for themselves. And, you know, who knows what that is. It's different for all of us. Yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing up prayer because prayer is probably the most important thing we could all do. And, and if, uh, if we weren't praying much, we're probably praying a little bit more considering world events that are taking place right now. Go ahead. Yeah. So one of the things that we, we've heard a lot of people in the freedom movement and regular people who are awake and figured out what's going on, we've heard all sorts of, of things and ideas and thoughts along around you here. You know, oh, well, Mexico looks good. And well, I've got a cousin in Nicaragua in the jungle, and yeah, there's a dictator there, but he's leaving everybody alone. You know, everybody's fine. Everybody's happy. Lots of Canadian expats down there. Our theory, Laura Lynn, I think, is that there is trouble approaching us from all sides. And if we don't stand up and face it, you know, if not now, when? If not us, who? Whom? Um, that's the teacher. There we go. Um, it, it, the trouble will find us. If we try to flee to a safe corner of the world, a, an island in the middle of an ocean or a jungle or whatever, it, it's coming. It's coming for us. We may buy a little reprieve of time, but that's not the best way to handle it. We have to stand up and face it. Um, generations back in the, in, the, in the 30s and 40s did and saved our world from creeping evil at that time. Well, this is another kind of creeping evil that has presented itself, and we must stand up and be be very vigilant before i forget i wanted to mention this I keep going back to this gather website um our friend john who spoke many times at east Gwilinberry council in york region said to us almost as important as the words you say and the message and your 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 sources of information fill the council chamber with public attendees because that was great advice we got there early in aurora and you know, found out that most people never really show up for any meeting, um, four or five or six normally. And when we had 120, we kind of stunned them. There were, um, you know, many conversations that followed. And wow, where did all these people come from? You sure seem to have a lot of support. Well, we're lucky because we're out there in the community speaking regularly. People have gotten to know us over the years. We've been doing this. And we put out a flyer. You know, here's what's going to happen. Date, time, place. Please come and support us. It's important to all of us. And we, we stole the uh, the theme line from Field of Dream. 
we built it and they came. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. We're happy. But um, just to go, mm -hmm. I'm so to go back one second, just to say, we certainly don't want to criticize anybody for whatever decision they make about where they want to move or anything, because we aren't them. We are only ourselves. So we can only make um, the best. You can only decisions. do what God's calling you to do. And uh, exactly. yeah, it's an, it's an interesting season of uh, a fair number. Um, yeah. Really feeling a calling, you know, to just, uh, to just leave, but not everyone's feeling that I know because my family is here and I love Canada that I'll be here for a long time. Uh, I would like to visit the warmer places a little bit more often, but I'll be here. Um, but it is interesting. I have one final question for you before I let you go today. Um, obviously you've been in Canada. Were you both born in Canada? And as you've watched this, this unfold, have you been shocked at the, uh, the awakening that you must have gone through? Because years ago, didn't we all think we lived in the most perfect country of all time? Um, okay. Um, well, I was born here. I was born in Saskatchewan. That's where my father, who was a doctor, started his practice. Um, I guess in, in a way, because our home life was very challenging. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I always felt, um, sort of in a way like, like a fighter because I tried to make life a lot better for my younger siblings. Um, for sure in some areas, we both weren't awakened. Like you say, our, our kids are in their late thirties and forties now. And, um, we didn't do research uh, about vaccines, so that's why they both have some injury, in particular our son. Um, but um, so much of what I myself learned in school and even in university, I realized was not the truth. It's all part of this big indoctrination. So, but I guess for the most part, we, we are the kind of people to be open and to want to learn um, and to um, increase our knowledge about about things. It's just, um, you know, as you sort of said, it, it came down so fast, um, so many of these um, that are very impactful and difficult, especially for the most vulnerable, the very elderly and, and our children mm. and so on. So, yeah, you know, you just shocking. keep praying. Yeah, exactly. You, you feel like you're in post-traumatic stress, although I felt that as a child, but it's like, when is this going to end? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems like it's continuing. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was born in the Big Apple of all places mm -hmm. and uh, from NYC to Ottawa in the uh, mid 60s as a young teen. Um, my dad became a law professor at Ottawa U and um, my mother is a career research librarian. Um, and I think one of the things that my mother left me with um, is an expression that you don't have to know everything. You just need to know where to find it. So <laughs> research librarians do, I guess. And, um, so we're, we're both, we're both fighters. Um, you know, my life began half a century ago when I found Margaret and together we form an amazing team and, uh, we, we help each other in, in all things. And, um, it's, uh, it's been such a blessing. And, you sure uh, are just, an amazing team. Yeah. 
just wanted to take one second because a lot of people say, where do we start with this thing? You know, yes, I've got some courage and I, I want to go and speak to my council. We've do been something. asked to come and travel to one corner of this great country and to the other, uh, which is not feasible, unfortunately. But the in the sense of you can do it too, you start with a phone call to the switchboard of your town, municipality, city, and you say something along the lines of, would you please connect me to the person who arranges for citizens to delegate and speak to council. Get that person's name, phone number, extension email, and keep knocking on their electronic door until you get a live voice. And ask them to step by step, each of you at your computer, please, I'm not really good with tech, walk me through on your website, aurora.ca, what as an example, how do I get to the electronic form to fill in and hit the submit button to request that I speak to mayor and council? And five minutes later or less, you will be directed there, you'll copy down the steps, you fill it in and back and forth and there you go. Um, we have we have learned in this journey that some mayors and councillors are, well, we'll just say it, a little more prickly than others perhaps, um, and they are not really happy and excited to be entertaining a dissenting voice, especially one that might be shining a bright light on what some might call malfeasance. Um, however, if you persist, um, you will get your audience and we can suggest that you do your research, double check your facts, have references available because you might be challenged. And there are lots of references to back up everything we said in our talk. And the same applies for you. Go to Action for Canada for the Smart Cities leaflet and gather 2030 Substack. And there's a world of information there. Do your research gather your friends, family, and other freedom lovers together, fill the gallery, and speak the truth. And and don't say confrontational things like, uh, you work for us, remember, you know, um, because... Right. Uh, you have a although, nicer version. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I do think that that will give you an in into keeping on the conversation going. It's and, important. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. you want. Yeah, Mar Margaret had great advice when we were doing this together. We'll close with this. It was a lot of people, I read some social media comments, and a lot of people said, I loved everything about the speech you guys did together. It's great. It was impactful. All oh, this wonderful praise. But the only thing we would take issue with is their sign-off line where you said, we are equal partners on this journey. That stuck in some people's craw a little bit. And um, Margaret, very wisely from her half century almost of teaching experience, and life experience, we know that you get more, um, you know, uh, flies with honey than vinegar, whatever the expression is. Mm -hmm. Some people said we should go in there making accusations, wagging fingers, waving notices of liability, let them have it with both barrels. Um, we, everyone needs to do what's right for them. Yeah. We believe yeah. that the olive branch and let's work together to make this better was the yeah. best approach. And seems to have resonated it worked for us everybody's different i really i really like that and i think you can work for it until you come up against a psychopath and then you can't really negotiate with one of them but uh but i agree i i think for the most part because people are truly deceived um and so it takes a little bit of time and friendship and love and understanding and reaching out to kind of give them opportunity to see the light 
if indeed they don't see the light, um, because some people are, they're blinded by the, the God of this world. And, uh, and, and if they do not, then you can still be polite as you just simply, you know, cannot work with them and, and have to make, uh, different choices. You guys are absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing your life and your information with us. Thank you for the advice that you're giving to people that are watching. Cause I know a lot of people are feeling that they want to get involved. I think that's fantastic. Just, you know, just call, first of all, ask if you can speak to the mayor. And then if that doesn't work, ask, how do I get in front of the mayor and town council <laughs> to, to make my, uh, to make my present? You know, when God called me to television many years ago, I phoned, um, it was Rogers Cable, and I asked if I could have my own show. And of course, the answer was no. But, uh, but I did ask, and then eventually going this way and that way and this way, I found my way onto broadcast television for many years where God's calling was. And then I was released so that I could fight even harder right here. And so <laughs> I'm glad that I get to be with you guys today. And uh, I appreciate um, what, what you brought us. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you and again. Thank you. Thank you for welcome. the chance today. And we really appreciate all what you do. So thank you. You're welcome, Margaret. Thank you, Joel. God bless you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you so Amen. much. Amen. All right. I like it. Uh, you know, we can all fight in our own way. So, uh, yeah, I noticed that my cup today, like if you just see this, do you see this, JT? It just says stressed, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. It's stressed, blessed, and coffee obsessed. I am the coffee shop girl. So the, this is actually my, I'm not just stressed. Uh, although, you know, once in a while I do feel a little bit, a little bit of pressure going on. Um, Let's do a couple of videos. Uh, you haven't, uh, could we do the Palestinian supporters uh, march in Michigan and have a look at some things going on in the world as we continue to have things escalate? That is a lot of people. And I remember being in downtown Vancouver when the Palestinian uh, bunch was marching in downtown Vancouver, and I noticed that there's an awful lot of people. So um, people are passionate about what's happening right now. They're passionate about what's happening in other parts of the world, and there's a lot of pain, and everybody wants to see some sort of um, reconciliation or a dying down of this war or, you know, peace. Uh, probably it's not going to be happening anytime soon because what we do see is that there's a grave concern uh, that I know Israel has that they just cannot be beside uh, terrorists that are, you know, on any given day, just break into their country and kill a whole bunch of people. So it's, um, it's fascinating. Yes, everyone, I know, I know that we don't understand how these people got into Israel. Um, you know, it, there are unanswered questions, but I will say, I appreciated seeing yesterday that Israel was, uh, the Jews were actually um, putting leaflets out over Gaza, letting everybody know on these leaflets how they can get out because there have been blocking of the escape routes and they want the people to know they're going to be bombing, so please head to your local exit. And I can only say that if I was a mom there and had family, I think JT and I would be on the first bus out of there. So... Uh, hard to understand everything going on. Um, 
Do you have that? Uh, should we try and play? I, I want to play for you a, um, a fellow that's speaking about Hamas and what has been going on with the people, saying something that few dare to say. So let's see if we can pull it up. What I see, Mahmoud Abbas want Hamas to attack Israel. So Israel will attack Hamas. As outcome, children will die. So this is the uh, Palestinian uh, leadership uh, mentality. When they don't have money, when the United States cut funds or reduced the funds from Mahmoud Abbas, he would say, sacrifice a few hundred uh, children in Gaza Strip so the world can outrage against Israel. So that's not the one that I'd actually uh, wanted him to play, but um, indeed, you know, uh, now he's talking about a leader that is from, you know, a long, a long time ago and uh, Muhammad Abbas or whatever his name was. Did I send you something in the um, things that had a different Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Are you able to play that? Let's see. We'll turn it up and listen carefully. I take the floor on behalf of the UN Watch. My name is Musab Hassan Youssef. I grew up in Ramallah as a member of Hamas. I address the words to the Palestinian Authority, which claims to be the sole legitimate representative of the Palestinian people. I ask, where does your leg legitimacy come from? The Palestinian people did not elect you, and they did not appoint you to represent them. You are self-appointed. Your accountability is not to your own people. This is evidenced by your own total violation for their human rights. In fact, the Palestinian individual and their human development is the least of your concerns. You kidnap Palestinian students from campus and torture them in your jails. You torture your political rivals. The suffering of the Palestinian people is the outcome of your selfish political interest. You are the greatest enemy of the Palestinian people. If Israel did not exist, you would have no one to, to blame. Take responsibility for the outcome of your own actions. You fan the flames of conflict to maintain your abusive power. Finally, you use this platform to mislead the international community, to mislead the Palestinian society, to believe that Israel is responsible for the problems you create. Thank you. I'm kind of sad this is so small because when you're watching this video, as this guy is continuing, you can see that the people all around him are going, uh, who is who is this guy speaking like this? Um, there, there is a lot of confusion and misinformation, and I don't. I will tell you right now that I don't begin to be the one who says, "Oh, you know, I know all the answers." I do know that I love the Palestinian people. I love the innocent people that are um, under fire right now because of what their government uh, did a few days ago by uh, a very tragic, tragic assault. Um, killing people and I've had I've been I've seen some pictures and sometimes I just close my eyes because somebody says they're going to show something of the killings and I don't want to see it it's just too sad um, one that was really hard was a couple in uh, it, they were in a kibbutz uh, and Hamas came in and they heard the, the the problem they ran their two little babies looks to be under uh, one year old twin boys and they ran them to a hiding place and hid their boys. Uh, the Hamas came in and they killed the parents. And 14 hours later, uh, the boys were found um, by 
the Israeli soldiers, and so they today do not have their parents. Um, families were burned to death, and old people were pulled from their home, shot, killed. Young kids were shot and killed, and from everything I'm hearing, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the beheaded children, but from what I'm hearing, there is actual photos, and I won't go to the place they said you could see it. Hamas has actually released a lot of uh, the, the incriminating photos. So if you want the truth, the truth is there. If you want the truth, the, the problem right now is that I see that both sides kind of get set in their ways, and then they don't want to look at some of the the data, the information, and the truth that's there. And I find it uh, very disturbing, very hard. I don't know how, if I was living there, how I would recover from the PTSD that you would have if you actually lived through such a thing. And God forbid you're the parent of one of these children that has now been kidnapped. So they have several hundred, hundred people that they do believe uh, have been kidnapped. They're in Gaza. And this is the problem. The Israeli people are going in. There is, um, is it a hundred and some, well, um, Americans have died and they do believe that there are Americans not accounted for yet that they believe have been taken into Gaza. So is it better that these people died or is it better that they're, you know, being, being held by these, um, these terrorists? I don't know. Ugh. You know, if they live and they can get through it, that's good. <laughs> um, but people have tremendous pain, tremendous pain going on. And uh, we showed you yesterday just sort of what the, you know, the outline of the area looks like and Israel's sliver that they live. They're not trying to occupy other places. They gave up Gaza. That did not go well. It has not um, panned out because Gaza is an, on high ground and it's been used to attack them. And so... I know that when we were there and we played a video uh, yesterday, I believe, so I can't keep repeating all of this. I hope you will uh, have a look at what we show you, but um, of people that do live, you know, with the is Israelis and there is peace in this beautiful area of Israel and we pray for that peace to continue. But when there are a people who just believe that they don't have a right to exist because of their DNA, because of who they are. That is the problem. I do not, um, I hate all of the violence. I absolutely do. When you have a bully in your town, if you, you know, you live in a city and you've got the, let's say, you know, uh, you've heard of these gangs like the, the Bloods and the Creeds or, am I saying that right? Crips, the Crips. Um, and they are just causing havoc. Uh, they're destroying the peace for everyone else. And, you know, I believe that some things have to take place. Um, as we continue, we're going to close up here. NDP convention, ridiculous speaker rules. you got a video on this. Let's have a look. A reminder that we will enforce gender parity at the mics. And Adrian explained the process with the yellow card as well. So please remember to give space to those who face systemic barriers and discrimination, including women, black, indigenous, and racialized folk in particular, people living with disabilities, and 2SLGBTQIA plus folk. 
Our convention has special speaker priority for gender equity. If you identify with a gender other than men for the purpose of the equity-seeking rule, you will have received a piece of yellow cardstock during the registration process. So please raise this piece of yellow cardstock when you arrive at the mic so that myself and Adrian as chairs can identify you easily. If you don't have one, there will be additional uh, cards available at the mics. As always, if you require support, please flag a volunteer and they will be happy to assist you. As New Democrats, we strive to create inclusive spaces where everyone gets a voice at the table. There is also a roving mic for anyone with accessibility needs. Um, so please, um, you know, I think we, we have set up almost everyone who's got accessibility needs, but if not, please raise your hand and someone will come and help you. You know, it, like uh, this whole thing, you know, the, you know, all of the beaten down people, right? The indigenous, the, the women, uh, those uh, from the LGBTQ. Are you kidding? Like, the, our country is the most receiving. Like, if you're LGBTQ, you got purple hair, you just get a job because they got to fill the quota. You, you get jobs galore and don't say you don't. Um, I mean, in Canada, we're just one of the most receiving places of all time. And, and the NDP continues, like, I think this is propaganda that it, they're saying that there's a problem. So you go, is there a problem or are people being, you know, because you're a woman, you don't get to do such and such, you know, no, no. No, women get everything. In fact, if you're a man, you can apparently say you're a woman and you can do anything you want. You can go into private spaces where it used to be only for women. And, you know, that's how free we are, right? And everyone has a cow if you think, oh, that's a problem. Like, I don't really want a dude in my space. Oh, okay, transphobe. Okay, you bigot. All right. So, you know, who's fooling who? Everybody gets to do pretty much anything they want. We've lost all decorum. And the fight now is to bring it back. So, you know, and it's, and it's a big battle, can we say. Okay, so San Francisco tech billionaires reevaluate President Trump in light of the current situation. Take a look. Trump was elected. I was told that it was the end of the world, and that's what I thought. And I'd already underwritten him as an F, okay? And then... Four years into the presidency, he was probably like a C in my mind. And then as I get a little bit of distance away, I realized, no, hold on a second. This guy was like a BB plus. Like he was pretty good. I voted for Hillary Clinton. I voted for yeah. Joe Biden. But this is the honest assessment. The guy did for the things that he was supposed to do a good job. And for where every other president found a way to frankly make our situation a little bit worse, specifically around wars, he did not do that. And that is a huge accomplishment that I think needs to be acknowledged. I think the thing that was smart about Trump was that he was willing to do business. Yes. He absolutely. was willing to negotiate and he didn't feel the need to make these moral condemnations all the time. He was willing to meet with Kim Jong-un. He was willing to meet with Putin and, and Xi Jinping. And he avoided, uh, criticizing them personally. He didn't call them dictators. He talked about how smart they are. Yeah. It's the art of the deal, right? I mean, at the end of the day, he's looking to do business. One's Trump derangement syndrome causing more damage than anything that Trump could have actually done. 
And I think the answer is yes, because like it's now causing us to not see that good work and then embrace and extend it. So much of the work that happened in that administration turns out to have been right. And that's what's so frustrating for me. The work on the border wall, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. Turned out it was right. Issuing long-term debt to refinance when rates were at zero, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. A structural piece in the Middle East, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. When are we gonna stop shooting ourselves in the foot? And when are we gonna yeah, actually I mean, see and take the time to look past who is saying things and actually listen to them word for word. Wow. The farther away you get from President Trump, you have to admit, uh, we had the Abraham Accord going on. Everybody was uh, talking about peace. We didn't have, you know, a lot of this craziness that's happening right now. And uh, I think that the world looks at Biden with all of his, like, <laughs> You know, I think they look at him and they go, wow, like this guy, you know, he should be winding down on a chair or something. Like, I I hope that when I'm as elderly as him and tripping all over the place and can't put string two sentences together, I know JT's going to say, you know, Laurelyn, maybe it's time to let your television career grow. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's no longer, uh, you know, good for us to, to do all of this, right? But... Um, but when the world sees how Biden is, all they felt is uh, unsafe and they don't think he has any strength. And so it has empowered a lot of very bad people, not to mention what they're doing with billions of dollars to Zelensky. Remember when our Trudeau said that he couldn't give a veteran a leg that the veteran needed because he'd lost his leg in war? He couldn't get a leg? Oh, we just, we just don't have those funds. No. Billions of dollars, billions, guaranteed that leg, a lot less, a lot less than the billions of dollars that have been sent all over the place. Now, we can't really pull this up necessarily, but um, abolishing public prayer uh, is happening. And we do have an epic times, but you're going to cough there. Um, but we can't, we can't get it right. You, I think you tried to, I can't pull it up. So we'll try to get it for the next show. Um, yes. Yeah, so, hey, that's what they've done all over our countries. They've taken God out of everything, and it's no wonder that we're having problems. I want to remind you to please come to the October 28th event. We are so excited to have Lance Wall now, and we really want everybody uh, to, to be there. We also um, hope that you are listening to the programs that we are bringing you counsel on, from from Epic, we are not the experts, but we do listen to the experts. And having money in your bank account, I hope that if you've got a little stash that you're saving for a rainy day, that you get that money out of the bank and into something that is going to retain its value and go up in value, because that is not the, what we have with our cash in the bank. And there was a very powerful Lance Wall now actually shared um, an article on the IMF, and it was um, talking about the the difficulty that is coming you're seeing everything is going up inflation is going up the interest rates are going up and you know they're trying to jt was trying to explain to me about how they want to slow down all the cash uh that that's here you know and so they keep raising the interest rates it's not good um they printed money 
So get your funds, get your hard-earned dollars that you have saved, get it into a safe place. Silver and gold is that safe place. Sovereignize at protonmail.com. Ask a few questions, Steve Merrill, give him a scenario, find out what you can do, okay? I wanna leave you today with a little bit of powerful peace. Paul's appeal and warning, hang on. Okay, I closed my Bible and left it. All right, let's remember this as we see the wars rage. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. That's how it starts, which is actually a verse from verse 12. Um, and yet I will show you a most excellent way. What is the excellent way to walk in this earth as we navigate wars, rumors of wars, personal tragedies, difficulties, fears, hurt? Do you know what? When we rest in the, in the palm of God's hand, we never have to worry about anything. Did you know that? I mean, we really literally don't. The worst thing that can all happen to us, we probably all feel besides having to public speak in front of anyone. Uh, the worst thing that can, can possibly happen, many of us feel, is death. But when you understand as a Christian that death is to be absent from this body, is to be present with the Lord, you don't have that kind of fear. You know that God's in charge, that your eternity is sealed. So what is the most excellent way? If I speak in the tongue of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, any of you got those gifts? You can fathom all mysteries? Pretty cool if you do, you're special. But if you have the kind of faith that can move mountains, but you do not have love, then you're nothing, it says. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. What is love? Well, love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Wow, that is a tall order. And you know, where do we find that love is the most important? Would that be maybe in a marriage um, relationship? Hard to show it. There hard to keep being that great person that you were during that dating experience or on that honeymoon. Uh, but here's what the word of God asks you to do. It asks you to be hopeful. It asks you to always trust and always persevere. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Do you know, um, when love disappears, we end up with the kind of issues that we've got going on in our world. And it's very sad to say, some people do not have love in their heart. They are given, they, the God of this age has blinded their eyes. It's a very difficult thing when you come up in your life against those who do not have love as their guidepost. It's a very hard place. Our world, everything that you want to look at that is going wrong, 
you can bring it back to this one issue that without love, it's a clanging symbol that we are nothing without it. And so I ask you today, as you examine your own personal heart and your own personal way, and you look at world events, let us remember, let love guide us. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.